You're listening to the Homeschool Music Mama podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Haberer. I'm a music educator and a homeschooling mama. This is a show where we talk all things music education and homeschooling. So let's get started. Hello, hello. Thanks so much for coming back for season three of the Homeschool Music Mama podcast. I'm absolutely delighted that you're here. So with this new season, I thought I would shift gears just a little bit, not too much, because this is the podcast about music education and homeschooling. But this season, I thought I would just dedicate it to homeschooling and not just homeschooling because it's a really broad umbrella, but new to homeschooling or how to homeschool. So a little bit of a backstory. I, you know, our world is changing right now. It seems like this world that we're in right now is not the same world that it was just three or four months ago. And it may not even be the same world that it'll be, you know, today that it will be in three months, right? If that made any sense. (laughs) I guess what I'm trying to say is that our world is is changing. Uh, Our perspectives on the world are changing. People are changing. Regulations are changing. It just sometimes seems like every day you get up and there's something new going on, something shifting. And with all that shifting, I know that a lot of families are looking at what their options might be for returning their children to school in the fall. We're just a few months away from the official launch of the new school year. You know, I came from the public school world. I was a teacher and a a classroom teacher and a coordinator and then eventually a principal. And I have a lot of friends that still live in that world, even though I'm now in the homeschooling world. And a lot of friends and colleagues, ex-colleagues, I guess, um, have reached out to me and said, you know what? I don't think I'm going to enroll my children in school for the upcoming school year. We've decided as a family that we're going to homeschool, but I have no idea what I'm doing and I have no idea where to start. Can you help? Well, sure, absolutely. I feel like I I feel like our homeschooling community is a very welcoming and safe place. We the more people we can bring into the fold, the happier we are, right? <laughs> and so with that, of course, I want to help all of them. But I thought, you know what, instead of trying to individually help each family sort through, you know, their regulations for their state or their, you know, their curriculum choices, how about we just start with a very base, very introductory how do I how do I homeschool? What is homeschooling? What does it look like? Because distance learning and some of the learning approaches that the school districts had for public school students that were had had to stay home during quarantine isn't exactly homeschooling, right? And so with that, I thought I would compile veteran homeschooling families and you know families that are still in the trenches that still have children at home that approach homeschooling differently than the next family. Some approach it with a more unschooled type of perspective. Some are more Charlotte Mason. We'll talk about that later. Some are more uh, eclectic or classical uh, or Montessori. There are just so many approaches to homeschool, uh, to homeschooling your family. And so I think finding that type of approach, which can evolve, there's nothing fixed in homeschooling. That's what's so beautiful and freeing about being able to be a home educator and having your children at home with you to educate, that all those things change and evolve and they're fluid and they move with the needs of your family and your children. You know, when I first started homeschooling, again, I came from that public school world. I said I would never be a homeschooler, um, a homeschooling family or a home educator. And here I was with my little four-year-old and I went to my first 
homeschool convention. Our state puts on an excellent convention. And I went there and I went alone. Um, I I left my husband and son at home. And uh, I was so excited. I was going to go learn and go figure out. I wanted to find some preschool activities um, to start with my son. And I get down to the exhibit hall. And I'm a little bit of a homeschool convention junkie. I love homeschool conventions. Just the energy and all the things going on. It's just so fun. But I went into the exhibit hall and I looked around and every single family there had what I thought was an objective or a goal. They knew what they were looking for. They were looking for history or science or math. They just needed to get some information, but they had everybody in there but me knew how to homeschool, knew what they were doing. I took one lap around the exhibit hall, left, didn't go to any of the workshops, went back to my car and cried. And I called my husband and I was like, there's no way. I'm so overwhelmed. What I needed was this big neon flashing sign that said, new to homeschooling? Question mark. Start here. (laughs) And I didn't get that. I'm very thankful that my brother and his family chose to homeschool before we did. And I leaned on my sister-in-law, interestingly enough, for, for quite some time in the beginning because I thought, how in the world am I doing this? Yeah, okay, I have degrees, I have teaching experience, but this is a whole new world and I don't know how to do it. And so what I really was looking for, I think, was the confidence and the encouragement to know Here's my child. I can't separate myself from him. I love him. I, I just adore. I love being with him. I want to teach him. How do I do it? And so with that, I think that's the same question that a lot of families are looking at this upcoming season. And so I decided that instead of me just rambling all about it, and I don't know about every single approach because every homeschooling family is different. I know what we do and what kind of works for us. Uh, Well, it does work for us, not just kind of, but (laughs) you know what I'm saying. But with that, um, and I keep saying with that, so let me see if I can rearrange those words. But um, yeah, but so I thought I would just compile all of these families that have you know, our veteran homeschool moms, their children 30 years down the line, and they they already, they graduated their kids and others that have been in there a little bit longer. So that if you are a new homeschooling family or you know of a new homeschooling family, you can direct them to this content so that my hope is that they walk away encouraged, empowered, um, and confident to know that they've made the right choice for their family and that they can homeschool their children. So, with all of that, <laughs> I said it again. <laughs> let me go back. Let me go and introduce my guest that is launching the season. I just am absolutely humbled and honored to have had her on the show. She was just so delightful. Today, I'm talking with Dorenda Wilson. Dorenda's been a homeschooling. Uh, she's been a homeschooling mom since 1996 and is a mom of eight children. She's graduated several of them, and she has one still at home. She's been married to Daryl for 30 years, and they have six grandkids, which is just so beautiful. Dorinda's convinced that home educating is an incredible blessing, but only if we don't let it hold us hostage to unnecessary expectations and notions of what it should look like, which is really honestly one of the things I really struggled with in the beginning. You know, her heart of the heart of her message really is to encourage families to have the courage to think outside the box and to take the time to enjoy this amazing journey. 
She firmly believes that children are naturally curious, and if parents keep things simple and unhurried, which you'll hear a lot about in our talk, their kids will become lifelong learners. Dorinda's written The Unhurried Homeschooler, a simple, mercifully short book on homeschooling, and Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart, 31 Days in God's Word. She's the owner and host of her own podcast as well, Dorinda Wilson, which you absolutely need to subscribe to on iTunes or Google Play. And you can reach her at her website, which is DorindaWilson.com. I think you'll so be encouraged by our chat. I know I was. I walked away just, I don't know, even more encouraged and empowered, motivated to go back in um, and and just really appreciate my children, my child. And so, um, yeah, I hope that you'll get um, lots of golden nuggets out of this talk. Listen in. I am so excited to have Dorenda on the podcast. Thank you, Dorenda, for, um, yeah, thanks for very much for coming. I'm excited to be here. I can't wait to share. Well, I would really like to start off by having you tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I am married to Daryl. We've been married for 30 years. We have eight kids, ages 15 to 29. We have six grandkids, and we've been homeschooling for about 24 years. That's amazing. That's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show, a a veteran homeschool mom with a vast (laughs) amount of experience with different grades and age levels, and I think there's so much that we can glean from that. So I would like to ask you, why did you choose to homeschool? Well, I think the main thing was, you know, when we, we had these just adorable children and <laughs> I thought I, I began to part. think about, yes, the idea of sending them off for several hours a day just did not set well with mm-hmm. me. And I thought, you know, we decided to have these kids. I'd like to spend time with them. Mm-hmm. Plus, I'd heard, you know, I've heard a lot of older people say, oh, I just wish I could go back and spend time with my kids, you know, and, and I, and I began to realize that, you know, that, that that hindsight really was valuable and I needed to listen to that. I think probably the main thing was, um, you know, we really, we really wanted to be the ones to disciple our kids. You know, we wanted to be the ones to instill uh, their worldview and to mm-hmm. instill the principles of God's word and our faith mm-hmm. in them. And we just felt like in order to do that, we had to be able to disciple them. And in order to disciple them, we you needed have to be to with them. Time with them. Yeah. Yes, you actually have to be, <laughs> you have with, to them. be with them. <laughs> so yeah. And then couple that with the fact that we just, we weren't impressed with the results we were seeing from the school system. And mm-hmm. we just felt like, you know, our, our kids, they were valuable, um, their gifts from the Lord. And we wanted to um, take that and be responsible mm-hmm. with that gift that the Lord had given us and then be able to just really, uh, like I said, spend time with them be with them, be a family. I didn't want all these other outside um, schedules sort of bearing down on the on what we really felt we wanted to do with mm-hmm. our kids mm-hmm. um, on a daily basis. And mm-hmm. so this freed us up to be able to do that. Oh, I love that. We're, now, can I ask you, my brother has uh, seven children, 13 mm-hmm. and under. Were eight children always in the plan for you? Or did you, <laughs> you started, you know, you started with one and it just continued right? to increase? Well, that's a very funny story because uh, we always, my husband and I always tell people that I, he wanted two hmm. kids. Uh-huh. I wanted, I secretly wanted 10. I didn't oh. tell him, right? <laughs> I love that. Because I thought, okay, I know he's the guy for me. I know that. So I was <laughs> like, Lord, he has a very different 
you know, idea about how many kids we're going to have. Is that, is that a problem? And it was like, God said, just let me handle it. Let me take care of it. I I said, okay. So we got married, we had two girls and then he said, well, we should at least try for a boy. So that got me the third kid. And so I was happy about that. Then he started to talk about, you know, being done and I just could not, I, I couldn't settle that in my heart. And so I started just kind of, talking him off and on a little bit, really, I did not want to like, um, I didn't want to try to change his mind and then sure. get down the road, have all these kids, have him frustrated and look mm-hmm. at me and say, this is, you, this, this is your is fault. Yeah. 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 So I thought, no, I don't want to do that. So I just kept praying for him and reading him some different things about, you know, <laughs> having more kids and, 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 and a little finally, seed here yeah, and a little just, seed there. Little yeah. seed here. And I asked him later, I said, did it feel like I was pressuring you? I said, Oh no, not at all. And I was like, Phew, you know, <laughs> mission accomplished. <laughs> right. But what I said, you know, I kept sharing these things with him. And finally he said, you know, he said, there are lots of opinions out there. Everyone has a different idea about this. And he said, the honest truth is that the only opinion that really matters is God's. And I said, that That's is right. true. And he said, so I'm going to go to the scripture and I'm going to look up every verse I can find on children. And I'm going to find out what God okay. has to say about kids. And I, I said, that. okay. Okay. So he did that. And then he comes back to me. He said, well, there is nothing negative in there. <laughs> about kids. He said everywhere I read, it was children are a reward. They are a blessing. They are, they, he said like, they're a really good thing. So why would we want to limit a blessing that God wants to give us? Now I always make this caveat. I'm never telling anybody to have a boatload of kids. (laughs) What I am saying is yield that area to of your life to the Lord. Pray about it. That's what I mean. Take it, pray about it. Ask God what he wants for you instead of just assuming that we're only going to have two or we're only going to have three or whatever and ask him, what does he have for you? And then, and then walk in obedience to that, whatever it is. And you know, that's, that's just my encouragement to families. And well, just a funny little side note, you you know, Heidi St. John, we've been Uh friends for 20 years and they were going to be done after their fourth. Mm -hmm. And my husband had this exact talk with Jay. Oh, really? (laughs) And, you know, later they now have seven, seven kids. And, you know, so it's, it's a, it's a fun, it's a fun thing to see the Lord work out in people's lives. So those other children, those, I guess, remaining children owe their lives to (laughs) your husband to some degree, right? (laughs) I should say thank you for... It's so cute. Well, let me ask you, when you started homeschooling, essentially, what did, what was the main objective for you? I mean, you talked a little bit about how discipleship and you you mm-hmm. want to be with your children. What right. was kind of the focus for you? when you Well, started? the focus for me, the first thing was just I wanted our kids to be able to be kids. Mm-hmm. I wanted them to have a childhood. I wanted them to be able to run and play and be outside okay. and ride their bikes and build forts and um, you know, do all the kid things because that was, I believed, a season of their life, obviously, that you can never get back again. Ever get back. And it's so and it's, and momentary. It is. It's yeah. and and it and I've realized even since then how crucial it is to our kids' development mm-hmm. to be able to have a healthy childhood. We give mm-hmm. them an unbelievable gift, as mm-hmm. I have learned over the years. It was kind of my gut instinct, mm-hmm. but now being able to be this far down the road and look back and get the feedback from my own kids mm-hmm. 
of how incredibly important it was and how thankful they are Mm -hmm. that they got to play so much and got to just be kids. So, uh, so it, it was interesting because the Lord brought into my life early on before I ever had kids, a book, some books by, uh, Dr. Raymond Moore. Hmm. And he and his wife were the grand, sort of the grandmother and grandfather of sort of this resurgence of homeschooling. We mm-hmm. all know people homeschooled back in the 1800s. And then mm-hmm. the school system came into being and nobody was doing it. Mm-hmm. Well, very few people. Thomas Edison's mom was doing it. But, yeah. uh, but you know, there were those, a few people here and there. But it, essentially, everyone was sending their kids to school. So mm-hmm. Raymond and Dorothy Moore were actually, I call them highly educated educators. Mm-hmm. So, you know, master's degrees, PhDs, mm-hmm. and all this kind of thing. They homeschooled their kids yeah. and they wrote books about why they felt that it was one of the, the best options for mm-hmm. families. And so I read a lot of their work and one of their biggest, um, one of the biggest things that they emphasized was an unhurried start mm-hmm. when it comes to homeschooling. Okay. So I had that in my mind that I just, I wasn't going to push my kids into schoolwork. You know, mm-hmm. kindergarten was going to be whatever it needed them mm-hmm. to be. If it was just playing and we were baking together and doing Play-Doh and singing songs and reading books, that was completely sufficient in my mind. Mm-hmm. And so then we get get into the first grade and I would just watch, you know, when they acted like they were ready mm-hmm. to, to start trying to read or mm-hmm. wanting to write or wanting to learn basic math. Or I would mm-hmm. ask them, do you want to try this out? Out, you know, so I was not, I, I didn't do it the conventional way. Mm-hmm. I just watched my kids. I was a student of my kids and I just kind of waited till I thought they were ready. And then mm-hmm. we would move forward. And if they needed a break, we took a break. I, there was an ebb and a flow and I was okay yeah. with that. And so eventually, you know, right around seven or eight, around eight years old, they were all pretty much doing the same thing. Mm-hmm regardless of when they decided to start doing it. Mm -hmm. And so in that sense, I really saw that Raymond and Dorothy Moore were right. Mm -hmm. You know, if you give them the time and the space, they begin. And then when they're ready, they just, they can take off and make great progress on their own so quickly. So that was kind of the beginning of my unhurried journey Mm -hmm. in homeschooling. And since then, it's sort of morphed into unhurried as a mom, making sure that I'm taking time to listen to the voice of the Lord and what he has for our families. Because when I'm in a whirling dervish, mm-hmm. I am no good to my family. Everybody I else make is. decisions. Yep. Mm-hmm. I make decisions out of fear and mm-hmm. fear causes us to hurry. And I, and I just began to correlate so many things between hurry and, and, and things that were negative, mm-hmm. you know, versus slowing down and things that were positive, you know, and things I've learned like God is never in a hurry, but he's always on time. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. about that with our kids' education. It's the same thing. You know, if we're, if we allow our kids that time and space, they might not be in a hurry, but they will always be on time, you know, as that. we follow the Lord's lead. And, and so, you know, it doesn't, it, I've had kids really take off reading, but not until nine years old. Mm-hmm. That was a little nerve wracking. I will, I will admit <laughs> Some of these children have pressed my parameters of the unhurried scope. But looking back, I am so glad because every single one of them, the idea, the whole motivation behind all of it was one, I wanted a peaceful household. Mm. I didn't want my kids to feel driven. I didn't want them anxious. I didn't want them stressed. 
none of us learns well under stress. Yeah. The first thing that shuts down is our frontal is our, lobe, right? Mm-hmm. right? Exactly. So, you know, exactly. so we right. need to just keep a sense of peace. And so I, I just sort of tried to follow the Lord's lead as mm-hmm. to where that was each day. Mm-hmm. And it looked a little different every day. And there were no perfect homeschooling days. They all sort of took their own on a life of their own. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had to be okay with letting the Lord do it. And as I did it more and more, I began to see him just sort of unfolding this beautiful rhythm for our family that was perfect for us. And so that's where, you know, I just, when I decided to write the Unhurried Homeschooler about four years ago, um, that was something my husband sort of it was his idea. It was his, what do you call it? A brainchild. It was his idea. He just threw it out there out of the blue. I thought he was kidding. And I I started laughing. I was like, Oh, that's really funny. He's like, no, I'm not kidding. I'm serious. (laughs) I'm serious. And I said, first he said, I just think you should write a book. And I'm like, on what? About what? Yeah. What are you talking about? He said, you should write a book on homeschooling. And I'm thinking, I actually said out loud, like we need another book out there on homeschooling. <laughs> I said, I, I'm I'm one of those moms that gets overwhelmed easily and and gets bogged down by the noise. Mm-hmm. And I thought I don't want to be another yeah. voice bogging moms down. Yeah. And I told him that. I said yeah. I want to be that person. You know, I said. And besides, nobody's interested in how we homeschooled. Mm-hmm. I said it was so oh, simple and straightforward and oh, not true. <laughs> you know, just not complicated. I said I did no, no, nobody's going to be interested. That's so funny. And, I mean, in fact, it might be kind of embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> and he looked at me when I said simple, uncomplicated. He said, "That's exactly I mean, what you need to write to about." Write it. I, love I said, that. "Oh, I don't know." I'll think about it. So it took me several more months. I kept coming back to my mind. And finally, I went to the library mm-hmm. and I thought, okay, I'm not committing yet. Told myself, I'm not committing. I'm yeah. just going to sit here and write down everything that I would want moms to know about homeschooling. Oh, I love just, that. You know, if I were having a cup of coffee with them, what would I want them to know? Mm-hmm. And so I, I started writing and, and, I, and I believe that in the middle of that, these children came in, a whole classroom of kids came into the library. I'm watching them and they're just delighted to mm-hmm. be there. And some of them are walk running. They're trying really hard not to run, you know, but you <laughs> see the energy in them and I'm just, just thoroughly enjoying watching them. And somewhere along the line, I don't know, somebody did something. I didn't notice anything. This teacher gathers all the kids around and she just lights into them. She lets them have it. I wasn't sure exactly what was going on. It was like they knew and she knew, but I didn't know. I mean, I was sitting there. I, I didn't see anything, you know? So I'm thinking if I didn't even notice, how bad could it be, yeah, you know? Yeah. So I'm listening to her and she is literally raking them over the coals and I am getting so angry. Sure. And she looks over at her teacher's aide and she said, they don't pay me enough to do this. She oh, says this in front of the children. Yeah. And I'm looking at these kids' faces, and I'm watching just the the life draining out Mm -hmm. of them. And I'm thinking, none of these parents are going to know that this conversation or this this raking over the coals ever Ever happened. happened. Mm -hmm. And I was immediately like, I have got to write this book. (laughs) Oh, Drenda. I have to let parents know this is, I'm not saying that every teacher is bad because there are some wonderful teachers out there. Mm-hmm. 
But let's just fully admit the classroom scenario is their hands are tied. Well, it's the system, right? It's, it's not necessarily system. now there it's are bad teachers, them. you know, yes, there, there are, are. Some, and there, there are, are good teachers. Yes. But when the system is structured in such a way that it currently is, it actually yes. prohibits critical thinking and learning from actually taking Absolutely. place, from exploration, Absolutely. from so that moves me to my next question, Dorinda. Do you feel you know, you talked about so many golden nuggets in there and you talked about being a student of your own children. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like intrinsically at the gut level that every mom has that desire to keep their children with them before they should? So in, in kindergarten, when I was a principal, we would joke about, and this is, I repent of all of these things, certainly, but we would joke about what was called the kindergarten peel. We had to peel the mother away from the child mm-hmm. at kindergarten mm-hmm. because it was their first mm-hmm. experience being away from their children. Mm-hmm. And the moms were crying and the kids were crying and it would take probably two hours to get the whole classroom settled. And eventually they got into a routine. But as a principal, I had to go down there and try to encourage the parents. They'll be fine. They'll be okay. They're, now you have to shoot off campus. Go on uh, because we've got learning to you know, to do. Do you feel like, especially speaking, let's say you're speaking to a brand new mom that has never homeschooled before, but she intrinsically feels that something is not right. Mm -hmm. What would you call that if it's there? And do you feel that every mother has that? Yes, Mm -hmm. I do believe they have it. I think some of them aren't quite connected to it. Mm -hmm. You know, there are some who are just trained, so trained to think that they're not capable Hmm. or able to teach their children that they sort of like suppress that is Hmm. is probably more the word I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. But I do believe, and and it's interesting that you bring this up, this this exact scenario, I'm writing a new book and I actually brought this exact scenario up Hmm. because I spoke to that very directly saying there is a reason that you feel this. There is a reason that you have that gut instinct to want to keep that child by your side Mm -hmm. and um, to pay attention to that and to Mm -hmm. recognize that God has given you a very unique place in that child's life. That role that you're playing as a parent is a God-given role. It is a God-ordained role. Mm -hmm. So what that means for you is that God is going to give you wisdom on what that child needs. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm not saying you can't use other, you know, bits and pieces and professionals and experts for various things if you need them, but you are the best person to facilitate your child's education. You are an expert in your child. And the reason that I can say that is because what makes someone an expert in something is having spent 10,000 hours doing that. That is an accepted fact that if you've done something for 10,000 hours, you are considered an expert in that field. I didn't know that. I love that. By the time your child is six years old, you will have spent 16,000 hours with them. So that means by the time they're school age, the five-year-old mark, you have spent over 13,000 hours with them. So you are beyond that 10,000 mark by a long shot. So, you know, you can drop them off at grandpa and grandma's for a weekend and all of that. And you're you're still going to meet that mark without a problem (laughs) that you will have spent that much time with that child. I love that. And so you are the expert, but what we're being told is we don't know what we're doing. We don't know what's best for the child. This has been both, both an 
uh, sort of a blatant thing, Mm -hmm. but also a very passive undermining thing. Mm -hmm. And it's happening across the board. It doesn't, it happens in the school system. Mm -hmm. It happens in the medical field. Mm -hmm. When you go to the doctor's office and they're essentially telling you what you should be doing with that child. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I had a conversation with a mom a few weeks ago, and she had taken her daughter in for her 10-year checkup. She goes, I don't even know why I did that. I don't know why I did that. Mm. I said, well, what happened? And she said, you know, she asked, she wouldn't look at me. She only looked at my daughter and asked her questions, asked about, you know, things that really are n- not any of her concern about okay. what's you know, kind of what stuff we makes have at me home bristle. Or whatever. Yeah. I know. And so she, um, so she, she asked her something about uh, something that would indicate um, something that, that her daughter would never be a mm. part of or involved mm-hmm. in or whatever, because mm-hmm. she's homeschooled, you know? Mm-hmm. And so she, the mom proceeded to explain this to the pediatrician. She's, oh, well, well, we can talk about that later totally brushed her off, totally invalidated her as a mom. And this is happening across the board. Yes, I see it all the time. Happening in the dentist office. Mm -hmm. I mean, you name Mm -hmm. it. Okay. So I just want to say right here and now, parents, your children are your children. God has given them to you. And like I said before, if this is a God-ordained role, he's going to give you wisdom, everything you need to mm-hmm. raise that child, to educate that child, because it's no different than if you were ordained as a pastor, ordained as a missionary going out on a mission field. We believe God will equip those mm-hmm. people. That's but right. if that's a God-ordained role and your role is God-ordained, he's going to equip you as well. He's not going to call you to this and then leave you on the side of the road for dead. Exactly. You know, it is going to mean that you're going to have to actually press in and listen mm. and you're going to have to speak wow. him. Yep. But it's going to be the best thing you ever did mm-hmm. for your kids, for yourself, for your family, for your faith. Mm-hmm. And then what's going to happen is over the course of time, you are going to build a cohesive family that, that as you as they grow into adulthood, our kids are all very, very bonded, very mm-hmm. connected. And it's and it's not in an unhealthy sort of way. It's in a very healthy way. They're very independent. They each do their own things. They have their own giftings, their own opinions about things, but they respect each other. They love each other. And this is really interesting too, is there's a certain amount of peer pressure that comes from the siblings. How interesting. Because we, they were raised in a family culture mm-hmm. where there were certain things. Like, you know, we didn't we we were hardworking. That is one of the things we really tried to instill in our kids was a good work ethic. So these kids, like, you know, if they're unemployed, they do not like that. And <laughs> and they don't like the way it looks to their siblings and they feel like they have to, I you know, say, that. Hey. I love that. I love that. So, there's just all kinds yeah. of interesting things yeah. that have happened from that. Their spiritual lives, you know, mm-hmm. there's something going on in their lives that just isn't, right. Mm-hmm. They're not afraid to have the hard conversations if God is leading them to have that. those hard, because they care deeply for each other. And, that. and that's where, you know, we true we look, community. Yes, yeah. exactly. And we look sometimes at nurturing sibling relationships as an obstacle to their education when in fact it actually adds to, it is part and that. parcel to a broader 
perspective on education because mm-hmm. this is what teach, teaches your kids the soft skills. Yeah. Oh, I You love know, the that. teamwork, the, you know, uh, taking initiative, learning how to, to work together, how to communicate mm-hmm. in a healthy way with mm-hmm. each other. And all of our kids have gotten this amazing, we've gotten this amazing feedback from their employers, every single one on their communication skills, their ability to work as a team, their understanding of people, different mm-hmm. personalities, different temperaments. Mm-hmm. They understand that because it's something we talked about while they were growing sure. up. You know, they didn't understand, well, why does he respond so differently in the same scenario as I do? Mm-hmm. They say, well, okay, this is because this is his personality. Now, these are his strengths, but these are his weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And so we would be able to, to learn to be gracious with each other's weaknesses and, and, and um, utilize each other's strengths, encourage mm-hmm. each other in our strengths. And so really what you also had going on there was a really great lesson in how to be the body of Christ to each mm-hmm. other. I love so, that. you know, when you re- look at yourselves, God calls us the family of God. Okay. So you're teaching your kids, this is what it looks like to be part of the family of God. There's, there's that. repentance. There's, you know, how do we talk about each other mm-hmm. in front of each other and behind mm-hmm. each other's backs, mm-hmm. you know, um, there's a certain amount of accountability. There's a certain amount of caring about Mm -hmm. um, what each other thinks and whether they think what we're doing is right or not. And is it biblical? And Mm -hmm. so there's just this whole myriad of things that people really just don't even think about because we haven't been taught to think that. No, not at all. We've separated the children Mm -hmm. from each other Mm -hmm. instead of letting them walk alongside of each other. That's right encouraging those relationships. Oh, I love that. Let me go back to Dorendo when you talked about, I guess, that example that you saw in the library and one of the reasons that you felt even more so compelled to write that book. What message would you have communicated either to those children, to that teacher, to the audience? Because there must have been other people in the library that witnessed that, right? Mm-hmm, and some people mm-hmm. just think it's normal. That's just a teacher correcting right. her class, right? Right. What message would you have communicated to them in that, in that, at that point in time? I think the biggest thing that stood out to me is is just the lack of respect for the children mm. that she had. I love that. And to me, children are worthy of respect. Absolutely. And now granted, I'm not saying they don't have to be trained. I'm not saying we don't have to discipline, correct, mm-hmm. um, give instruction to that. The Bible's very clear that we have to do that. Mm-hmm. But if we, if we understand that children are a blessing, mm-hmm. then we look at them with a certain amount of respect. That's right. They're God's creation. So I was explaining this to somebody the other day. Having the biblical perspective that children are a blessing mm-hmm. changes how you think about things, Absolutely. changes how you approach things. Absolutely. And what that means on a uh, feet on the ground level is when I believe that children are a blessing and my children are driving me crazy. Okay. So they're just driving me crazy that day. And I have mm-hmm. to stop and think, okay, wait a minute. God says they're a blessing. So the Lord, how are they a blessing in this situation? And God may show me that I am being completely selfish. Hmm. I am, my thinking is selfish. My, my mind is on myself and what I want. I'm not paying attention to what my kids need. Um, it, it could also look like, wow, these guys, I have let them go. I, I've either gotten lazy hmm. or I've been distracted and I have That's let the boundary slip mm-hmm. and they're naughty. And they're, they're, they're stepping outside the boundaries and it's ruining yeah. the peace in our house. Yes. So now God, now they are a blessing that. because God is showing me that, oh my goodness, we need to bring those boundaries back in and we need to, because these kids aren't feeling secure. Kids feel much more secure in boundaries and, and now they're acting out and I've yeah. let them get by with this. Now they think they can. And so mm-hmm. 
So when we look at them as a blessing, all of a sudden it changes our how we approach those typical everyday things, you know, um, I had a, we had one child that would come in and I literally would cringe when he would walk in the room because I knew inevitably he was going to ask me for something. <laughs> and, and then I thought, okay, is that so bad? Cause I thought, okay, Lord, you said he was a blessing, yeah. but he's not feeling like a blessing. He's feeling like <laughs> I just wanted him to go away. And so I thought that's not good. You know, that was yeah. my, that was my thing. Yeah. Okay. They don't feel like he's not feeling like a blessing. So I'm thinking this through and I'm praying about it. And I realized what was happening was just for some reason, he had this knack for taking and taking and taking and taking, but he was never giving. Hmm. And so then I realized, okay, uh, he really needs to, he's getting by with a lot. He's getting by with letting all the other kids do the work and he gets out of it. He slips out of it. So again, that perspective helped me help Mm -hmm. him with his character. And it goes back to, I guess, being, you had mentioned about being a child of your student. Right. No, I'm sorry. Being a student, a of, your student of your child. Yes. Yes, absolutely. That. And that's, that's exactly, exactly what was, oh, I, what happened. It, it, I it, absolutely love that. What would you say was some of the biggest challenges or hurdles that you encountered as you were going through your homeschool journey? I would probably say, um, I, I think I was pretty good about this, but every parent is tempted to compare. Mm. And Especially I homeschool see, moms. I'd yes. Say. I would see another mom who was just super articulate. Mm. And one of these people, and she was, the, she was the exception, not the rule, but of course, that's what you're going to pay attention yep. to, right? Always. She could absorb information like nobody's business huh. and retain it and then spit it back out. Yep. And mm. I'm not, unless something's super interesting to me, I, I don't... But, Apparently, maybe she had more interests than I did. I don't know. But it seemed like she knew something about everything. And she could give you numbers and all this kind of thing. And so I was like, wow, she is just an amazing homeschool mom. I'm wondering how much smarter her kids are than mine. Interesting. <laughs> you know, but yeah. every time I went down that road. So common. It was a distraction. Mm. It would make me discontent with mm-hmm. my kids. And they would feel that disappointment, mm-hmm. whether I, you know, was trying or not to, mm-hmm. you know, to not convey it. And the Lord would just get my attention and say, mm-hmm. you know, these are your kids. These are the gifts I've given you. And they're all gifted uniquely. And your family has a different role than that family over there. And basically, he taught me to just pay attention to my own backyard. You know, it's easy to look over the fence and admire or criticize your neighbor's yard. Mm-hmm. The truth is there is plenty of work in my own yard yep. that needs to happen. Absolutely. And so every time I begin, when the Lord gave me that vision, I, I, I really got a lot better at saying, nope, I'm just going to tend my own backyard. Just pay attention to what's right in front of me mm-hmm. and do that. I love that. Um, but I, the one thing I'd like to just revisit really quickly yes. was the respecting our children. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I realized is how much children learn on their own. And when we respect their natural curiosity, Mm -hmm. their natural desire to learn, Mm -hmm. and we give them the time and space, it is amazing how much we don't have to teach them, how much they will absorb on their own. So I just Mm -hmm. wanted to throw that in there. And that's why I I just want parents to feel like they can actually relax and enjoy their kids. Mm -hmm. They don't have to be... For me, the big the big factor was always, am I enjoying my kids? And are we enjoying homeschooling? Mm -hmm. Like for the most part. Mm -hmm. I, I would say if it's 
80% enjoyment and 20% kind of a little bit of drudgery and, and, and plotting and just persevering, I can live with that. Yeah. Like that's a good ratio yeah. for me I like because it. there's always going to be those things. It's sure. not, it's never perfect. But if that 80%, if you can say 80% of it, I'm enjoying, the kids are enjoying, I'm, I'm enjoying my kids. Mm-hmm. You've got a good rhythm going there. Stick I with it and, and don't run after that new shiny thing that you see yep. in the neighbor's yard. You know? Which is very common, I think. I don't know. And this, this I would attribute to some degree. And I guess listeners know that I was a former elementary school principal. Mm-hmm. And so in the very beginning parts of my homeschooling journey, I struggled considerably because one, I didn't know any better. But two, mm-hmm. I fought the constant comparison of what I was doing during the day to what should be, should be, right, uh, in quotation marks there, um, what should be done and where he should be and what, you know, what teak or um, state objective we need to be meeting or what content area I need to continue to you know, expunge. And so it was a really difficult process. And even to this day, I sometimes struggle with, oh, we didn't get math done. It's three o'clock in the morning. I'm like, oh, no. I didn't do math today. He's going to get behind. What am I going to do? You know, and it's just this constant, what would you say to those moms that essentially all they have is that experience, that public school, private school, whatever experience it was, because whatever we choose, it will ultimately be different or whatever we were in many times is very different to homeschooling. What do you say to that mom that constantly struggles? And you spoke to this a little bit ago with constant comparison. What should I be doing? What should I be doing? It's, it's interesting because I think homeschooling moms in particular are very voyeuristic. You know, we kind of want to see what other moms are doing all the time right. because we want to either compare ourselves to that or find the deficiencies of what we're doing and what they are doing. And we need to fill our deficiencies with what they're doing. And you kind of already spoke to this, but what would you say to that mom? What would you say to me? What would you say to other homeschooling moms that? kind of struggle with the urge to go back to the world, but we right. know what our we know what our path is, we know what we should be doing, we know what we want to be doing, but we just kind of, yeah. What do you say to those moms? Well, um, you know, I think to remember not to bring the public school home. Mm-hmm. If you're starting to do that, I mean, I, I think there's little bits and pieces that are useful, mm-hmm. but it's it's little bits and pieces mm-hmm. and used at the right time in mm-hmm. the right way um, when the child's ready. Mm-hmm. I love that. But the other thing is um, I love to ask moms, if you could homeschool your kids, okay, I, I, no fear, lay fear aside, lay every book you've read aside. Uh, lay what other people think aside, lay aside your preconceived notions. And if you could just think about your kids and what you, how you would homeschool them, if no one else was telling you how to homeschool, what would you do? I love that. And that would be a very big part Mm -hmm. of your direction Mm -hmm. because God, like you said in the beginning, God has given you a gut instinct for your own family. He has, whether you believe it or not, he's given you a bit of a vision Mm -hmm. for your own family. And you might, it might take a while to sort of watch that unfold, Mm -hmm. but that's the first question to ask yourself. And I, I realized that I wanted to, I wanted my kids to play. I wanted them to have fun. I wanted them to have great memories. I wanted, um, I wanted them to love learning Mm. because it was relaxed and it was natural and it was organic. Mm -hmm. And I wanted them to um, love spending time together. I wanted them to learn the things they needed to learn, but learn them because they were ready and Mm. excited about learning them. Mm -hmm. And so those are all things that I just tried to, 
to keep at the forefront of my mind and be uh, loyal to, you know, honor those things because those are things that God, I believed God had put on my heart. And if you do that and you stay true to that, there will be so much peace in your homeschooling. Mm -hmm. But it, the second you begin to feel unrest and unpeace, you are unpeace, lack of peace and Mm -hmm. unrest, you need to really pay attention to that because it can take root so quickly. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden you're Mm -hmm. headed down this road. You never meant to go down. Mm -hmm. You you lost your rhythm that you had and, and the enemy loves to do this. So, you know, he's always going to try. So just be aware, be alert, Mm -hmm. um, keep praying over your days, keep remembering, keep your Mm -hmm. eyes on, on what God has, you know, given you, Mm -hmm. um, in these kids and you, and this vision that he's given you and, and pray for that every day Mm -hmm. that you'll stay true to what he's laid on your heart. And, um, and you will look back at your homeschooling years. You won't have regrets. You'll look back and just say, Love Those that. were the best years of our lives. They were exhausting, but they were the best years of our lives. <laughs> I was talking <laughs> so to much happiness. Yes. Well, I just so much privilege too, in the sense that Absolutely. I was talking to someone the other day that said, you know, I wish, and she's a school teacher, she's still teaching, but she said, I wish that I had been there to potty train my child. Mm-hmm. I wish I had been there to teach my child how to hold a fork. Right. And I just thought, oh, for a second, it gave me such, I thought, wow, what a privilege. It really is. I was it there is. to potty train my child. I was there yes. to help him hold a fork. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm still there to help him learn so many very small, minute things that we take for granted. But what a privilege to be such, so interwoven into someone's life. I Absolutely guess, right. Get, I completely agree. And this this really ties in the uh, the, the respect for the children, mm-hmm. the seeing them as a blessing, mm-hmm. taking the time to slow down and just mm-hmm. be with them. You only have the present. You know, we know that. I was thinking about that the other day. Someone said the present is a present. You know, yeah. it's a gift. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't know if you have tomorrow or not. You know, we had, um, our, our youngest was born with a major heart defect. He had transposition of the greater arteries and two holes mm-hmm. in his heart. And, uh, we didn't know if we were going to keep him or not. Mm-hmm. And he was in the hospital for two months. We lived an hour away from the hospital. I had seven other little kids at home, 13 and under. Um, it was quite the time, uh, but walking through things like that, makes you realize what a privilege and an honor mm-hmm. it is to be with your kids, mm-hmm. to, to, to spend all those moments with them. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if anything ever happens to my kids and, and God forbid that ever happen, I have no regrets mm-hmm. about the I time I that. spent with them. Yeah. I have no regrets. And you know what? I, love I have no regrets for putting down the schoolwork and mm-hmm. saying, you know what? We're Let's just play done for today. Yeah. You know, let's make some cookies. Let's watch a movie. Yeah. Let's pop some popcorn. Let's go oh, take a hike. That. Let's go for a walk. You know, um, there's always a time and a place for the schoolwork, but I'm telling you this relationship you have with your kids, that's the thing that is lasting. And that's, that's mm-hmm. really the groundwork for, for them, for their learning is mm-hmm. when you provide a warm loving, safe, secure environment, and you're engaged with your children. And Mm -hmm. this is what Dr. Moore always said. Mm -hmm. That is a beautiful learning environment for your kids and they will thrive and they will learn. And you don't have to know everything about everything to teach them because you've given them the greatest gift of all. You've given them this beautiful environment to grow and thrive in and, and, and they grow into these healthy, 
just capable, productive, giving adults Mm -hmm. who are just, they just continue to be a blessing. You know, when God says they're a blessing, they don't stop being a blessing when they're an adult. Our kids are such a blessing to us right now. Um, As, as adults, they, they pour them, you know, they, they help us, they, they pour into us, they, they, they come alongside of us. They, you know, encourage us. They, you know, they, they're just, they're amazing. They're awesome. And so, yeah, so you're investing in something that's going to last a lifetime. I think that's excellent. Oh, I love that. So many golden nuggets. I love that. What would you say to a mom that is, okay, she was in public school. She had her children in public school this summer at this period of time. Mm-hmm. She's decided, okay, I'm not going back to that. I'd right. like to homeschool. I'm absolutely overwhelmed. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where to go. I don't know what to look for. Some of these moms have gotten on forums and say, hey, I'd like to teach my son math and 1,500 different you know, uh, suggestions for curriculum pop up. Mm-hmm. What does she do with all that? What would you say mm-hmm. to that mom that has, has already made the decision, she's going in that direction and has absolutely no idea what to do? Right. Well, I would limit the amount of information. As soon as you start to feel overwhelmed, you need to shut it off. It's it's okay for you to do that. And and I'll go back to that question. Mm -hmm. If you could do anything, homeschool with your kids, the time you spent with your kids and and the way that you would uh, want to live life with them, start Mm -hmm. there. What kind of life do you want to live with your kids? Mm -hmm. And let that sort of, without anybody else's input, listen to your gut. You really need to take some time to hone in Mm -hmm. on this, 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 I call it parental discernment, you know, Mm -hmm. that God's given you this parental gut instinct. Mm -hmm. Spend time just being quiet before the Lord and asking Mm -hmm. him to show you what, kind of give you, help you catch a vision for your Mm -hmm. own family, Mm -hmm. this you know, just the uniqueness of your own family and then watch your children, mm-hmm. maybe even spend some time de-schooling where you're I just spending that. time together. You're doing activities together. You're doing things that you all agree. This would be a fun thing to do. Mm-hmm. Let's go to the zoo or let's go to the park or let's, you know, let's, you know, whatever, whatever mm-hmm. sounds good to your particular kids, or mm-hmm. you all make a list and you all have input. Maybe you're all going to have some different ideas and everybody goes and does each of those things and they follow mm-hmm. through on everybody's ideas and it, and it gives everybody's ideas, everybody validity to, mm-hmm. you know, their ideas. And this is a beautiful, beautiful thing about homeschooling is our kids can have their ideas and their thoughts validated, mm-hmm. you know, so much of the time they're, yes. they, they've got to follow a very strict course mm-hmm. in the classroom where we have them back home. Mm-hmm. We can let them have input. So, yeah. you know, you, you were doing math in school. So what did you like about it? What mm-hmm. did you not like about it? Was there a particular, you know, was there some sort of math that you really wanted to like do more of, but didn't get a chance to do? Cause we can focus on that if you want to and yeah. letting them have some input into how they want to do homeschooling. I love that. So, um, I, love that. I, you know, if you have multiple ages, um, I love Rebecca Spooner who mm-hmm. has, um, these really yeah. great, uh, unit studies mm-hmm. that she's created that are super easy to follow. Mm-hmm. They're all done for you. It's mm-hmm. just, you know, it's wonderful. Also know that if you follow a curriculum. If you decide to get a curriculum, you don't have to do everything in the curriculum. That's the key, right? Because we're so programmed to follow instructions, right? Right. Um, Pretend you're at a buffet (laughs) and you're only picking the things that look good to you and and seem like they would taste good. You know, they would be a good experience for you and your kids. And I also like that though. If you are actually being, like you had just said, a student Mm -hmm. 
children, mm-hmm. you get, you're getting to know those children com- in a completely different way because the reality yes. is they're gone for eight to nine hours, right? right. Um, you know, sometimes after school, by the time the bus drops them off, et cetera. And then it's a rush to get, if you have an right. extracurricular activity and then you have dinner and then you have homework and then you've got to go to bed because you wake up at the crack of dawn to go to school again right. the next morning. Do you really know your children, right? right? Outside right. of that context. So exactly. you get to know them. Then you become a student of that child. Then you see what resonates and what doesn't resonate. And I love that comment, essentially, the curriculum, you don't have to follow everything that's in there. Find what resonates, what lights those bells, um, turns those bells on, um, and go from there. Exactly. Another thing I would really highly recommend because a a, a lot, this may be, that may be a little like extreme for some people. I mean, it is summer, so (laughs) you you have a valid excuse to do it now. But um, let's just say you feel like you've already lost and you're not Mm. sure you can actually lay everything down. I would just recommend reading out loud to your kids because Mm -hmm. here's the thing. It can bring multiple ages together. together. You have want you know because your kids if they've been going to school they've all been separated Mm -hmm. so they don't even actually really maybe even know each other as well as they will right so let's let's have a let's do let's read a story and we can have this story in common Mm -hmm. and they can talk amongst themselves and you can ask questions and you can have conversations about the storyline what do you think about this character Mm -hmm. you know is don't you think he's a little crazy or you know just really get some dialogue going between your kids and let them start to bond that way too so and and I I think the main thing I would tell you is you can do this you can totally do this none of us have done this perfectly well what is perfect right Right. What, what is perfect? perfect? Nobody knows. We're learning it's together. arbitrary. Exactly. Exactly. We're growing alongside of each other. Mm-hmm. Your kids are being educated, but you know what? You are too along mm-hmm. the way yep. in all kinds of areas. You're being, mm-hmm. you're, you're learning about your children. You're learning about how they learn best. You're learning how to listen to the Lord. You're learning exactly. how to be courageous and follow his lead and watch the beautiful blessing that happens yeah. because of it. So, that. you know, it's just, it's a, it's a lifestyle mm-hmm. of learning is basically what you're creating is your unique family's lifestyle of learning. And don't try to be someone you're not. Oh, I love it. And don't try to follow someone you're not. I mean, right? I mean, why follow someone else? Because they have different dynamics in their family, different objectives, different goals, different purposes, intentions for homeschooling that may not be yours. So why would you try to, yeah. Exactly. But, you know, and you may see something and you may say, you know, I really do need some help in this area. And we can learn from other families. Mm-hmm. And we can sometimes think kind of in the back of our minds, you know, I'd really like to add X, Y, or Z to our homeschooling, but I really don't know how to do that. What would be the best way? And so I'm just praying and thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And then I end up in a conversation with a mm-hmm. mom who happens to be doing X, Y, X, y and Z. Yeah. And it sounds like the way she's doing it would be a really good fit for our family. Mm-hmm. So never saying you're not going to be able to glean things from Correct. each other, but it's really being discerning about whether you're comparing mm-hmm. and becoming discontent mm-hmm. or whether you are saying, I've already recognized that this is something I think we might want to be doing in our family. Mm-hmm. So this is, might just be God confirming that. Hmm. And so there's a big difference between those two. I, and you'll, you'll get the hang of it. The, yeah. the more time passes the, and the more you're, you're true to what God has called you to do, the more you'll be able to, you know, just really enjoy that feeling of walking away from things that aren't for mm-hmm. you. <laughs> yeah. No, I love that. A lot that I've taken from this is essentially 
the concept of self-reflection, right? And being yes. able to kind of listen because all of the noise out there, once you yes. separate yourself, yes. you really don't even know who to listen to anymore. And if you mm-hmm. actually stop and listen to what has intrinsically be, been placed in you, right. you can start to hear and navigate and move and you know respond uh, right. in the way that the Lord would have created for you. Oh, That's exactly that. right. When we started out, um, what I didn't know, I had no idea that there was actually a name for what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't read about homeschooling methods, and, and that's something that's much more accessible now. Mm-hmm. So you can, if you just like, I have no idea, um, you know, I'm going to read some, you know, what is a Charlotte Mason method? Mm-hmm. What is a, you know, this method? or the, And you mm-hmm. can mix the two. It can be eclectic. Mm-hmm. You can do whatever. You can take pieces of this. And, Absolutely. you know, Charlotte Mason was very much about gentle learning mm-hmm. and nature. And so mm-hmm. it turns out that I really favored that. I never read anything that she ever wrote, but what I have read bits and pieces of along the way has really resonated with me. So find something that, get quiet, like you said, Mm. reflective, listening to the Lord and and asking yourselves those questions about what you really want to do. And then... Look maybe for those those methods that might help guide you a little more mm-hmm. um, in in more detail mm-hmm. as to what how you might walk that out mm-hmm. and take the ideas that oh resonate with you and apply them to what you yeah. want to do with your kids. Oh, I love that. So. Sounds like homeschooling is um, just as much for me as the mom Absolutely. as it is for my children. Mm-hmm. I love that, Dorinda. This has been just the loveliest conversation. I just thank you so much. Where can listeners find you and tell us a little bit about your new book? And then tell us, of course, about the books we do have. I have, I didn't bring my copy, but I was so excited about ready to show my copy (laughs) of The Unhurried Homeschooler. My son was about, I don't know, maybe a little over four when I read that. And it helped. You have shaped and navigated a lot of uncharted territory for me um, with, with that book. It oh, uh, that's good to hear. Calmed my mind and heart mm. in the beginning, especially coming from that public school world where right, I thought, right, yeah. But anyway, yeah, it really that really was my heart in all of it was just that. to help the parent know, just to be able to calm down and just mm-hmm. enjoy their kids and really mm-hmm. enjoy this homeschooling journey. So, mm-hmm. um, the unhurried homeschooler. Uh, the the subtitle is it's a simple, mercifully short oh, book I love on that. homeschooling because again, I didn't want to overwhelm parents. Yep. So it's you know maybe an hour and a half read from start that. to finish. Mm-hmm. Now I also uh, have a devotional for moms, written specifically for homeschool moms, called Unhurried Grace for Moms. Heart. Now, both of those can be found on Amazon. Excellent. I'll put links. And yes, yes. And and then um, I have a website, DorindaWilson.com. Now, for everyone that's new that subscribes, you will be able to get a link to the audio version of the Unhurried Homeschool. That's excellent. I love so, that. So yeah, I will put that in the show notes. Yes, please yeah, head over. That. So it's DorindaWilson.com. Yes, excellent. and I have got posts and articles on there. I started a podcast a couple of years ago, and uh, so there's lots of podcasts on there on all kinds of Excellent. topics, everything from anxiety and moms to, um, you know, grow, uh, you know, encouraging a growth mindset in our kids. Mm-hmm. I talk about, I've talked about um, writing struggles. Oh, I've, wow. it, there's just a, a whole gamut of things in wow. there, but lots of encouragement Beautiful. for the homeschool mom heart. Okay. Uh, I, next week, I'm going to be coming out with a podcast. Um, it's called, um, well, I did one at ADD and ADHD with a family counselor, and it's very, very good. Excellent. So if you've got that, that going on, that's a good thing to listen to. And uh, so I'm excited. The next one is called um, Understanding and Overcoming Anxiety. And so we talk about it mm-hmm. in the heart of the mom, but also mm-hmm. in our children. 
how uh, what is going on with that and how to um, how to deal with it. So, and it's very timely as well because I don't know yes. when listeners will be able to hear this particular episode. Um, you know, if you're new to the podcast, but we are currently still in the middle of you know quarantine and yes. trying yes. to process all of that. And so, anxiety yes. is, I think, something that every household in this country has struggled with throughout this mm-hmm. entire time. Absolutely, time. and that's why I wanted to address the issue because I felt like it was a very pressing issue. So mm-hmm. you can either listen to the podcast from the website or you can go to iTunes, um, Overcast, um, Spotify, any of those places you can listen to. And I also, last thing I have, I actually have a mentoring course. It's called the Unhurried Homeschooler Mentoring Course. And so there's workshops in there. Um, And I go, I kind of just talk about what unhurried homeschooling kind of looked like Mm -hmm. for us from Mm -hmm. the early years all the way through high school. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people are like, what does that look like in high school? So I explain it there. Uh, I also have, um, I share resources there. And then we have a Facebook group that's just for the moms who are taking or have gone through the course. And I'm active there and pray with the moms every Monday um, over prayer requests and things like that. So it's kind of a chance to get a little more of a feel for Mm -hmm. what that's about. Um, And it's like, it's $37 and it's just a one-time thing. It's not an ongoing thing. So So affordable, Dorinda, and especially so needed, I think, during this time period, because I cannot tell you, and we talked a little bit before we hit record, but how many people I've had reach out to me, tell me, okay, I know you're a homeschooler, so um, are you essentially our home educator of homeschoolers, so where do I start? And so I've been trying to field all these questions, but I'm only one person, and I thought, wait, I need someone more experienced that's been in the trenches longer, that has more wisdom and more advice that I can just direct people to and say, this woman is brilliant, go follow her. And so that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on. I just think that the resources that that you provide are just exceptional. And you do it in such a embracing, such Mm -hmm. a warm, and such such a gentle way, essentially. Mm -hmm. You can do this, which I love that message. Mm -hmm. You can listen to your own instinctual gut instinct that I believe the Lord puts there. You you can gain discernment and wisdom through the Lord. You can navigate all of this, and your children and your family will be better for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I just actually did a podcast on getting started homeschooling Mm -hmm. without feeling overwhelmed. So that is there as well. So yes, so that, you know, if you want even just more details on, I I had a guest with me who who Mm -hmm. does this all the time. And so, you know, I love the way we can just be resourceful in and use each other's gifts. And um, and so I love that you come from that perspective of the, of the public school. So you really add so much, um, experience to it. And, and I think it really helps parents say, oh, well, you know, she's, she's been there. She's done this whole thing. And she's saying, homeschool is the best way. (laughs) I am not apologetic about that. And I can tell you though, Dorinda, for me, it was recapturing my own education. I was going back and looked at everything that I had to endure. And I had some excellent teachers and I had some not so great teachers, but I was bullied in school. Um, Mm. I was very thin and scrawny looking. And, um, you know, it's just, I was made fun of because of the way I looked. I had a big nose, according to them. I had giraffe legs, just all these things that, I mean, and no one was there to, so I I lived in fear as as a school, you know, as a public education student. Um, and so to leave that and say, you know what, I want, I don't want my child in that. I don't want him exposed to that. I want to do things differently, but then yes. also being able to go through the curriculum and not just curriculum, but just being able to live life together. It's yes. literally just recapturing. Yeah. Absolutely. Reigniting education. Exactly. For me. And I told, I tell people all the time, 
um, school should revolve around home life, hmm. not home life around school. school. So it's because it's this lifestyle of learning. That's right. But you know what you said about protecting our kids I, now more than mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm that resonates with me. And that would actually have been another answer to why we homeschooled is that, Mm -hmm. you know, when we started homeschooling, more and more uh, stories were coming out of, you know, molesting happening at Mm -hmm. school and all these different things. And I'm thinking one trip to the bathroom with the wrong kid. That's right. And will my kid even tell me it happened? Because when they're in first grade, they Mm -hmm. don't really, they're not good at Mm -hmm. taking that going home after all those hours and then you know, it, yeah, can it out to you, right. you know, you'd have to, you'd have to know something was going on. And so we have no way of knowing that. So yeah. yes, yes. And yes, we need to protect our kids Absolutely. because what that does is it gives them a chance to grow healthy and strong, yes. like in a greenhouse, you know, yeah. grow healthy and strong. Yeah. And then we kind of put them out a little every now and then as they get older to kind of start to feel the elements. And then mm-hmm. eventually they're planted outside full time, yeah. but they can handle it because they've had this right. wonderful beginning where they've had everything well, the they need structure, right? Exactly. The root structure has been provided with enough nutrition, enough water, good Mm -hmm. soil, essentially, that that plant now is strong. And it's something that that doesn't, the outside world doesn't enable you as the parent to do because it's doing it for you. And you know that the soil is not nutrient rich and -hmm. you know that this, you know, that the watering doesn't take place every day. Um, So what do you do with that? You know, and it's exactly, um, and a weak plant just ultimately never does well and does not, yeah. doesn't have a good harvest. No, and and That's so that can right. all be polar opposite by right. taking your kids home and and I doing this that. together. Oh, Dorinda, thank you very much. You've you've taught me in this process too, and so I'm very grateful for your time, Dorinda. And I would okay. love to have you back on the show sometime. Uh, because I would love that. So much wisdom there. So thanks mm-hmm. very much for listeners. I will put all of that content in the show notes so that you know where to find Dorinda. But Dorinda, thank you very much for your time. It's good thank to see you. you. Thank you. Wasn't that just an amazing chat? I hope you walked away encouraged by a lot of what Dorinda had to say. There were just so many golden gems in that conversation. Whether you're a new homeschooling family or a veteran one, I hope that you're able to walk away confident and encouraged and edified by that chat. I just thought it was so lovely. I was so thankful that she came on the show. If you haven't signed up for the homeschool music community that's launching in just a few months, you need to head over to homeschoolmusic.co. On that page, you're going to find some information um, and a wait list that you can join to be notified of when the doors open to homeschool music. You can access piano lessons, music theory, and preschool music classes for your entire family. Um, And you'll also have a community aspect, which I think we absolutely need, where we plan to do uh, recitals and other events so that our children can get to know each other and really be able to perform and uh, collaborate with each other and other families as as well. So head over to homeschoolmusic.co and sign up for that waitlist. On another note, if you're if you receive any sort of benefit or uh, encouragement from any of these episodes, can I ask you to go over to iTunes and review the Homeschool Music Mama podcast? Your reviews enable us to be more visible to uh, new subscribers and hopefully get this content delivered to other families so that they can so that we can demystify music education so that it really becomes a normal um, 
element of our homeschool, right? I have always believed that every child should have access to holistic music instruction. And this podcast, hopefully, is a vehicle in which to encourage that, as well as homeschooling topics, right? (laughs) So if you can head over to iTunes and give us your review, I would so appreciate that. I, I just, yes, I would just be so grateful for that. Next week on the show, we're going to listen to um, a chat with another homeschooling veteran mom who has just more encouragement. And she is, her approach is a little bit different to her homeschool. She actually came from the public school realm as well as her children. And so it's a different perspective. And I really think that you'll enjoy that chat. I know that I did. So I'll see you next week. Are you a homeschooling mama with a music story to share? Did you yourself learn an instrument as a child, or have you decided to enroll your children in music education? I would love to have you be a guest on the show. Head over to the website at homeschoolmusicmama.com and send me a message. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear how music has impacted your homeschool. Again, the website is homeschoolmusicmama.com. Come be a guest on the show.